Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. 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 Merry Christmas, people. I hope you had a fantastic Christmas day. By the time you listen to this, it will probably be the 27th, which is a bank holiday, so enjoy that. Hope you shopped well on Boxing Day, got some nice discounts. And if you're thinking of sending me anything, I don't mind a young, you know what I mean, a young discount. I'm not discount, what do you call them? Thing? Give voucher for Selfridges. Harrods will do. I don't even mind Harvey Nicks, but do you know what I mean? Preferably Selfridges. Keep it in the family. Anyway, um, make sure you checked out last week's episode, which was about something that I cannot remember off the top of my head. So I'm going to look it up. Oh, it's Omicron that deep, which is pretty ironic because I just basically said, yeah, I don't think it's that deep (coughs) from the early evidence so far. I don't think we should go into lockdown, all that good stuff. And then data came out this week suggesting that Omicron is indeed so far milder than Delta, resulting in 31 to... 45% 45% less ICUs and 50 to 70% less hospitalization. So that's good news. So hopefully, as you're hearing this, Boris is not going to be on his way to tell you that the shops are going to close and all that stuff. And by the time you hear this, I'll be in the air. So wish me a safe landing. Cool. Now let's get down to business. As I said, I'll be probably be in the air by the time you're listening to this. And that is because I am en route to Ghana. And I thought, might as well talk about some Ghana economic-ish, by the way, of the Ghanaian city. So, yeah, we're going to talk about cities. We're going to talk about exchange rates a little bit, what cities are, the history of cities, and what's the currency currently like, and does it matter? Is it strong? Is it weak? And what's the implications of that? So, for the people going to spend money in Ghana, or have spent money in Ghana, this might be interesting to you. Well, better be. You're here now, anyway. So, yeah, let's get into it. Hiya, it's MXM, and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's late. What's going on, people? Hope you've had a fantastic festive period thus far, and I'm wishing you a happy new year in advance, just in case you don't get a pod next week. I don't know. 
I was meant to record one in advance, but I didn't. So I might record one in Ghana. I might not. So just in case. Um, yeah, it's terrible consistency, but we move. Um, so what is an exchange rate? Well, exchange rate is pretty simple. It is the value of one currency for the purpose of conversion converse, conversion with another. So exchange rate. So if we take Ghanaian cities and dollars, it's just the rate in which how many cities can you get for X amount of dollars and how many dollars can you get for X amount of cities? That's an exchange rate. We see them all the time. What inf what impacts these exchange rates? Because we know sometimes we see... Do you remember when back in the days, like five quid, five quid would get you about three euros? And that was pretty good for traveling. There was one point when I think I was in sixth form, college times. <clears throat> so this must have been anywhere between 2006 and 2008, nine period, where the dollar was half... The dollar was half the pound. So... One pound will get you two dollars. Imagine traveling in them times. Oh my god, vibes. Do you know what I mean? And obviously now the euro, which was like two thirds of the pound, is now closer to like 85, 87, 87 percent, 88 percent of the pound. So, and this rich literally changed like that. And that key date was um, in June 2016, which was Brexit. And ever since then, I keep telling a story. I traveled like at the end of the month or early the next month and literally it was almost one-to-one -one, the exchange rate. So it wasn't the best for traveling. So what influences these exchange rates? So what causes, what are the like main determining factors that causes us to see these fluctuations exchange rates which <coughs> make our import or export in life hell or traveling hell or whatever? So there's, I'll say six key differentials so because obviously because you're comparing one currency to another what's going to impact your your base currency so let's say well, in this instance Ghanaian cities compared to dollars naira yen yuan um, um south african rand it's going to be a differential in something in in ghana compared to said countries so the first one differentials in inflation so inflation is effectively the price the, Im the impact in price <clears throat> increase in the general price level. So if all the prices of everything in the UK has gone up by 2%, we've had a 2% level of inflation because all the prices of everything on average have gone up by 2%. That's inflation. So if there's a differential inflation, that will impact exchange rates. For example, if you have lo low inflation rates leads to a stronger currency, and the reason why is because your inflation rates is low, that means your price, your prices are low. So that means with your with your currency, you can now buy more of it. So if the if the price of everything in the UK was 99p store, everything, what's everything I mean? Um Givenchy crepes, MacBooks, bag of rice, petrol, do you know what I mean? USB sticks, hair tongues, razors, everything was one pound store. What you could do with your pounds is so much now. What you could do with, let's say you get two grand after tax, what you could do with that is much greater. So this leads you to have a stronger currency. And obviously you have a high inflation rate, you have a weaker currency, which we'll get into later with Ghana. Differential in interest rates. Interest rates are the cost of borrowing. So if you have a 10% interest rate 
and you borrow 100 quid, you're going to pay back the £100 that you borrowed, that's the initial principle, and they're going to pay back the interest, which is 10% in this instance will be £10. Right? So if you have higher interest rates, that means you have more money to gain in return relative to other countries. Right? That's what, that's how investors see it. <coughs> because interest rate is the price on top. I hope I'm making sense. I'm trying to make it as simple as possible. So high interest rates means you have more money to gain if you hold your money in this currency than other currencies. So for example, if the Ghanaian interest rate was 25% and then the UK interest rate was 0%, if you held the same amount of currency, yeah, so, and we're, we have a hundred pounds, if we had a hundred, if we put a hundred pounds in Ghanaian cities, we get, I believe the example I used was 20%. We get 20% on top of that. So we get 20, 20 pounds on top. But if it was 1% in the UK, if we kept it in the UK, we get 1%. So where does it make sense to put your money in Ghanaian cities? So a high interest rate will make you your currency more competitive. And on a vice versa, a lower interest rate will make your country's currency less competitive. Current account deficits. Our current account def deficit is this. The current account is... How much your country, so we take Ghana, how much is Ghana selling? How much is we exporting? Gold, oil, wheat, sugar, chocolate, all that stuff, yeah? So let's, and then you minus it from the stuff you're importing. So how much are we importing? Textiles, um, coal, whatever. I'm just making, <coughs> giving out random examples, yeah? Which is almost effectively the same as your bank account when you think about it. Your bank account is your income minus your outgoings, yeah? Same thing with a business. Your 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 business is basically your revenue, your sales minus your costs. Yeah, that's the same for a country. Your exports minus your imports. Yeah. So, what is the current account? So, if you have a deficit, so that means you're importing more than you're exporting. You're effectively losing money because your country is spending more than it's making in return. So, there's going to be a that's a deficit, right? You don't have a surplus. That's a deficit. So if you have a deficit, you will typically borrow capital from foreign sources to pattern up this deficit because you're not bringing in enough money, and which we're going to talk about later. Terms of trade. What are terms of trade? So this, if you look at the rate of the price of exports versus the price of imports. So if the if the rate of the price of export, so the money, so what you're selling, sending out, so you're sending out your gold, your oil, your sugar, your cho your chocolate, or cocoa, so I say. If the price, if the price rate of that is going higher quicker than the prices of the stuff you're importing is, that means your currency will be appreciating because you're again you're making money because you're in a surplus, and if it's the other way around, so. The price of the stuff that you're bringing in is costing more, is, is higher, the increase is higher than the stuff that you're selling, then you're going to have a, your currency is going to depreciate. And finally, political stability and economic performance. So if investors are printing your country, you're seeing, right, these men have 18 civil wars come like Avengers. These men, their economy is in absolute mud. Why would they invest and hold your currency? It's, it's too volatile. So what they'll do is rather take their money and put it in places that they believe there's going to be more stability, such as, that, for example, United States of America or Great Britain. So these are the figures that influence exchange rates. Now, so we know what exchange rate is 
and we know what impacts it. So let's talk about the currency in question, which is the Ghanaian city. Ghana has actually had four currencies. Yeah, this so this the current Ghanaian city is currently Ghana's fourth currency. The first one was actually the Ghanaian pound. So this was what they um, used after independence. Yeah, the Ghanaian pound. And then in 1965, they replaced the Ghanaian pound, shillings and pence with the first city, which was divided into 100 pesawa. Pesawa. Oh, my shorty told me how to pronounce this. I completely forgot. People, apologise. I apologise, yeah? In 1967, the government then adopted the new city. Initially, the new city was worth one half of the British pound, <coughs> which is pretty strong if you compare it to now. But over decades, it became so devalued, it was worth a hundredth of the American cent. Bear in mind, American cent is one hundredth of a dollar. And this was one hundredth of a cent, which is one hundredth of a dollar. That's how devalued the Ghanaian city became. Yeah? So that was the second city, right? The third currency. So it got to a point where people will be carrying their bills around in sacks. Duffel bag vibes were to two chains and a little win. In 2007, the government introduced the third city, yeah, which is the currency that is in circulation now, which was worth 10,000 of the old cities. So they addressed the crazy devaluation. It was actually made worth the same as the American dollar initially. But since then, of course, it's continued to lose value. Now, if we look at the city itself, some in some fun facts, there are actually six key people that are um, displayed on most of the majority of the Ghanaian city bills. The six leaders are, they're the six leaders of the United Gold Coast Convention, a political party in the era of when, Ga when Ghana was actually a store under British colonial rule. Ghanaians considered um, these six these six people the founding fathers. And again, please forgive me on pronunciations, I'm not there yet with the tweet and that. The big six are Kwame Nkrumah, who became Ghana's first ever president, Ebenezer Akko Adeje, Edward Akufo Ado, which was the Chief Justice, a president and a father of the and, fa and the father of the current president, Nana Ado Dankwa Akufo Ado, Joseph Bache Dankwa, Emmanuel Adakwe Obetsebe Lamti, and William Ofori Atta. These six men were actually arrested by colonial authorities for speaking out against the colonial, speaking against the British colonial government in 1948. So obviously, bomb Babylon all day, every day. It took nine more years of work before Ghana gained its independence in 1957 and became the Republic of Ghana. Ghana was actually the first West African country to do so. And many of the big six were involved in Pan-African independence movement as well. And some another interesting fact is if you look at the uh, 15 Pasawa, um, Pasawa um, coin, it actually bears the face of a woman, which is not common across all currencies across the world. Rebecca Nana de Artwe, Arite, or Arte, oh, oh, I really need to learn these pronunciations. I should have asked somebody before the pod. Sorry, people. This fine woman was born in 1923. And she made her fortune in the flower business. She was key in Ghanaian history as, she, as um, her business's success enabled her to finance much of the activity of the pro-independence convention People's Party. So big up her. 
So that's the history of the Ghanaian city. So how strong is the city? And if it is strong, and why? What's the reason for its strength or weakness? Well, Ghanaian city has actually been weakened every year since 1994. In the last five years alone, it's lost over 50% of its value against the dollar. So imagine our pound over the last five, <coughs> five years losing 50% of our value against the dollar. Um, the city has actually, in the last two and a half decades, according to Bloomberg, has actually slumped a good 18.8% a year on average against foreign currencies, which is just mind-boggling. The Bank of Ghana actually sold dollars in the spot and forward markets earlier this year to stabilise the city, and they look to stabilise it this year, and they haven't done the greatest of jobs if you look at the date of the second half of the year. Um, Ghanaian Bank also is well armed with foreign exchange reserves of uh, free after they offered a three billion dollar um, euro bond sell in February twenty twenty one, and the Ghana um, the, the city I mean Ghana also received one billion dollars of emergency loan from IMF and a hundred million dollar package from the World Bank after coronavirus. Yeah, so because you coronavirus was slapping up Ghana. So if we look at a period of time and we could compare the Ghanaian city with GBP it has actually weakened drastically. So I'm going to tell you, so you listen to this in December or initially in December 2021, I'm going to tell you about January 2010, January 2015, January 2019, because I was there, January 2020, January 2021, and then December 2022, because this when you listen to it. Or December 2021, sorry. This when you listen to this podcast. So in January 2010, one pound will get you 2.127 Ghanaian cities. 2015, so five years later, it more than doubles. One pound gets you 5.64 Ghanaian cities. In 2019, so when I was in Ghana, and I remember this, one pound gets you 7.224 Ghanaian cities. <clears throat> so nine years ago, it went from two cities to 7.2 cities. A year later, 2020, 7.32 Ghanaian cities. 2021, a dramatic jump in January, 7.816 cities. And now, as I'm about to depart, it is 8.080 cities. So we've seen over the years, the Ghanaian currency has drastically been devalued against the pound. Now, what has caused this? So this is what economists and experts believe the reason why we're seeing further devaluation in the Ghanaian city. One, the Ghana, in a very unprecedented manner, the Ghanaian Central Bank cut rates by 100 basis points and that produced a spiral of depreciation, yeah, which we've seen from 2019 to 2020, 2021. When this, why? This is what, why this happened. So when Ghana cut, um, when the Ghanaian Central Bank cut rates, so that cut the rate of interest, they reduced it, this worried investors because they were too unsure of Ghana's anti-inflation commitment. And similar to Argentina, and this is according to the chief economist of Renaissance Capital Bank, Renaissance Capital, Charles Robertson. And there is some, this wasn't like totally outraged on the Ghanaian bank because they were desperately trying to cut inflation. The Ghanaian central bank has a inflation rate of 8% and they did manage to cut inflation from 19% down to 9%. And that falls within their target. So they got a, a 2% leeway from 8%. So it could be, I mean, 2% either way. So obviously this caused 
foreign investors say, ah, now nah, we don't want to hold as much Ghanaian CDs as we did before. Supply and demand of foreign exchange. So remember some of the points we talked about earlier? There is a higher demand in Ghana, especially for dollars, than there is for CDs. So because the demand for dollars outstrips the supply for dollars, the exchange rate to get these dollars is just new. Just simple demand and supply. And another reason, which was cited by Professor Eric Ose Asebe, highlights um, another cause for currency imbalance. He says, the economic decisions of multinational co companies that do business in Ghana is one of the significant impacts. According to him, one of the short-run causes is of the depression is filed in the economic decisions of these multinational companies and their foreigners. So a multinational company, I'll give you some examples, some in the UK, Apple, Starbucks, Amazon, Nike, Ikea, Google, Adidas. Those are multinational companies. So these are the decisions for multinational companies as well as foreigners is one of the key impacts. And it's because at the beginning of every year, these companies exchange their, their revenues, all, this, all the revenue they chopped in city for dollars to send back to the foreign countries. And this creates a shortage of dollars. So this is also leads to, that ties in heavily to the supply and demand FX issue. <coughs> so those are the reasons that we've seen the city depreciate. So, and that ties into what we said at the beginning, top of the podcast. We're looking about differentials in inflation, differentials in interest rates. So now, what is the impact of a weak CD? Well, according to Dr. Mark Esebe Yeboa, who is the chairman of the finance committee in, uh, in, in Parliament in Ghana, he said it's actually not a good thing for the country to have a strong currency, since it will have a negative impact on the amount of tourism that comes into Ghana. He used the example of going to the UK and said, listen, if you go to the UK, you only need hella CDs just to grab a pound. As we told you before, you only need eight CDs to grab a pound. So he claims that people are more likely to come with the currency being weak, which it is, of course, true. But I think he's overplaying his hand here because it obviously um, tourism is, is important to Ghana, but the whole Ghanaian economy is not based on tourism. It's bigger than that. So yeah, I, I politely disagree. And I just feel like an example of political manoeuvring to make it sound like you are doing a better job than you are. That's not a diss, but it's, it's hard for them to pattern the currency issues. It's almost out of that, their hands to a certain degree. Okay, so what? So we know Ghana, the Ghanaian city is weak. And it's not sent for Ghana because Naira is hmm, done out here, yeah? So there's pros and there's cons to having a weak currency. So we spoke about the pros, that it can boost tourism. Weak currency also may help exports gain market share as they're less expensive compared to other competitors. So if it's cheaper, so for example, I'll give you an example that's not even related to Ghana. I recently purchased Grand Soir. That's a nice perfume from Mason Francis Kirkshan, yeah? It is currently £165 in Harrods, Selfridges, John Lewis, all them places, yeah? For 70 ml. Oh, I think that's how much it is. If I wanted to buy it from Mason Francis Kirkjohn, the company itself, which is a French company, Parisian company in Paris, is actually 160 euros. So it's five five less in total value in terms of 65 one to 160. But obviously, because it's in euros, I, I'm paying in pounds. The pound is stronger than the euros, so I pay less. So 160 euros was actually 138 pounds. 
So it was cheaper for me to buy this from France than it was to buy this in the UK. So France, so France, French companies can gain an advantage on British companies because their exports are cheaper than what we have in our domestic markets. So that's a, a pro of having a weak city because some stuff, let's say for argument's sake in it might be cheaper to buy things in Ghana than it is to import it in from the US. Foreign direct investment. So if I'm investing in Ghana, yeah, because of the currency is weaker currently compared to previous times against um, the pound, I can, unless I'm investing in, I don't know, let's make up a company, Ghana sneakers, yeah? I can get more shares for my pound now because the currency is weaker. So this leads to more, it can be more attractive for investors. And of course, I stated tourism earlier. <coughs> now, some of the cons. Because you now get less pounds for your cities, if I'm buying stuff abroad, it's going to cost me a lot more money, which will cause inflation. Secondly, Sectors, if you if if some of your if, if your business is highly predicated, highly dependent on imports from foreign countries, you become less competitive because your prices go up. Because if I need to import uh cocoa from Ivory Coast, I'm just making stuff up here, to make this hot chocolate or whatever, and is now and uh, currency in Ivory Coast is tripled in strength, my cost of production has gone up. So I'm gonna have to write some prices. So yeah, that's the impact of a weak city and that's the potential pros of a strong city. So yeah, I hope you guys gained some valuable information. Let me know what you think. And those in Ghana currently, I hope you have a fantastic time. Goes anywhere, anybody who's around the world have a fantastic time. And if I don't hear from you people, 2021 has been a great year, great bounce back here from the pandemic. Well, we're still in the pandemic, but not as bad as 2020. 2020 and 2022 is going to be way way better so thank you for sticking around with me listening to me ramble and until next year peace blessings merry christmas and happy new year bow sports social podcast network this is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design experience the empowering feeling of the lexus suvs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the invitation to lexus sales event now through april 1st lease the 2024 rx 350 premium all-wheel drive for 528 a month for 36 months with 49.99 to its signing experience amazing at your lexus dealer call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details not all customers will qualify offer in the lexus eastern area in its april 1st 2024